Welcome to the Best Work Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Henley-Smith. The goal of this show is to uncover the personal stories of successful software engineers, founders, thinkers and leaders who are all navigating their own working journey. Finding our best work is often this hidden journey, uncovered through an ongoing conversation with ourselves and then the world around us. Every one of these episodes is packed, full of timeless ideas you could apply to your own life. In this conversation, I speak to Kate Plaschkiovova, founder and CEO of Fair HQ. Kate and I discuss how work and a career take shape and use her own experience as the backdrop. In an interesting turn of events, having begun as a nanny, she stumbled into working for the startup the child's father was building and then didn't look back from there. We reflect on the importance of patterns in our cultures and our memories and reflect on the influence of our parents. Kate talks about why she feels able to step outside the box in a way that others can't, and she reflects on becoming a mother. Kate's expectations of work are defined above all by freedom, learning, autonomy, and this sense of adventure. She makes big career decisions based on learning and excitement, not opportunity cost, and it makes for one of the most free-flowing conversations I've had to date. If you didn't choose to be head of people and it chose you, like how did that figure itself out? Oh yeah. So um, I, was, I was 18 and I was a nanny between my high school and university. And I was a nanny to a little boy for like, you know, afternoon nanny. So, um, and uh, the boy's dad was the founder of a company, a tech company. And I, ha- I had a white Mac and he was like, because I got it I graduated from from high school and that was the only thing I went for a graduation was a white Mac. Because of the color, I had no idea what else. And the PC against Mac advertisement, I think like made it in my mind, if everyone remembers that, amazing. Still need to watch it. It's so cool. And um, yeah, and he was like, oh, I have a white Mac. I'm running a company. You take care of my child. It's much more important than my company. Do you want to, you know, come and join us and help me hire more people? And there were about seven back then. And I was like, I was like, um, okay. <laughs> and he, <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I, I joined the company. And then he gave me a first book. He gave me only one book. And he's like, this is the only book you need to read. And it was like Delivering Happiness from Tony Sheikh. I'm always mm. mispronouncing his name. And, uh, and that was it. That. Yeah. And that, and, and I was like, I'm here to deliver happiness and hire many more engineers. And he was like, Oh, can you hire another 10 engineers? And I'm like, okay. I was like, what does engineer do? <laughs> <laughs> and I went to all the people in the office. I'm like, what do you do? How would you describe what you do? And what, what do you, what do you, you know, how would you hire someone like yourself? Do you have any friends that we can potentially hire from like the places they worked before? And they were like, yeah, I have a friend that we can hire. And we grew company exactly like that, uh, to about 50. And I was still the only person on, on people's side and office managing everything, right? You're organizing fantastic retreats, um, getting people organized and drunk. That was my job on on the Thursdays and Fridays. Um, and yeah, and we got acquired by a Silicon Valley client that wanted to 
there was they were really excited how we can grow the team fast and you know cheaply because I didn't have any recruiters that I worked with it was only me asking other people do you know any friend <laughs> that can join the company and we grew um, after they acquired us uh, we grew to 150 people so that was my job and I was 19 when I started and finished about 23 24 I think did it feel like you were doing the right thing I had no idea what I was doing I having I was just having lots of fun and it was working out I was, it felt like right thing. I didn't feel like job at all. It felt like I was just coming to do something that people appreciated. I was paid for more and more. <laughs> I keep negotiating my salary with the growth of the team. And it just didn't feel like a job. It just felt like something fun. And I, I just didn't think it was my career anyway, because I studied back then. I studied also full time in the uni. And this was my full time job as well. And I just thought I'm going to be a diplomat anyway. So this is kind of like a side career while I'm in the uni. And so I really didn't take it that seriously. And that's maybe why I was so good at it. I don't know. But it was quite fun. Um, and it also allowed me to do my internships in diplomacy when I was um, in like working full time in the job. But they like allowed me to go part time for a bit so I can like, go to, you know, Czech embassy in Israel and try it if I like it. Go to Geneva for a couple of months and try if I like you know, to serve at the Czech mission there. Um, and I really didn't. <laughs> so I decided that like diplomacy is just not for me. And uh, I decided to stay in tech, but I was like, I don't want to be head of people. I just found every head of people I met back then. It's much better now. And, uh, you know, and, but back then it was like really boring <laughs> for like, I was the only person I knew that was actually having fun. And I went to a couple of HR trainings and I'm like, oh, I just was bored to death. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, and I just thought I will never find another company that would enjoy doing it. So I wanted to do something else and it was build a company. What was like the next step that I decided I want to do? And it took Sounds a couple like more a years. Big step. Yeah, I mean, it took a couple more years to learn what I wanted to actually build. Uh, but I decided to learn from the best people, which is founders, and work much closer with the people that are building products and trying to figure out what people need. So then I continued on that path. But yeah, it was <laughs> still like, I'm like, oh, I was head of people. I still don't believe it. <laughs> I didn't feel like it was the, the job. If It was very fun. It's funny how our mind plays tricks on us. And the thing that we think is the thing that is meant for us turns out to be the the complete opposite and the thing that we fall into is the thing that we've we end up enjoying it's like we're so many other parts of our life where we can make a more informed decision about what we do and yet this is like kind of worked out in the opposite way than you expected yeah also you have no way like there's no way if we can try so many different careers right so there's like no place to be like oh okay i'm gonna do apprenticeship for like you know i want to be doctor a diplomat i want to be a you know policeman a policewoman sorry in my case um i want to like dive into like you know i want to be a gardener as i mentioned in the beginning or like there's so many options that you have and how do you even know what are you really good at when you like at those crossroads so i guess you learn by doing isn't it mm. how do you reflect on all of the roads that you're not taking and how do you come to terms with the fact that you're, you, by definition, you have to restrict your choices, but by doing so, you're saying no to a different version of Kate. Hmm. Wow. Is that the part of the therapy session that we're going to dive into right now? Um, I, I, I never had regrets. <laughs> so I really rarely think about 
the opportunity cost of my choices. Because as long as I'm learning and my learning curve is really steep, that's where I want to be. And if I'm learning about something that I'm like excited and curious about, if I'm not, uh, I want to stop. And like being a founder, uh, however glorious that sounds, we both know, is really difficult. But what it brings is so much learnings and a really strength community, strong community that we're both part of that enables that learning in the way that like you can learn from the people that have been a couple of steps ahead of you. You can, you know, give a bit of advice or share your experience with a couple of people that are just starting on that journey. And it's kind of this, the sense of belonging and that fast pace of learning where, um, which, which I absolutely love and enjoy and probably unemployable after the last eight years of doing it, but maybe, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so that is like, I, that's how I always judged my, options so because after when i was head of people i was head of people 150 people and applied for a role in berlin which i've never visited before i know i'm like oh that's cool and to work with three founders that just got funding on a mobile app that was called ding dong i know british people would kill me for that this was the name of the app i can't remember <laughs> <laughs> and it was a doorbell <laughs> it was a, it was a virtual doorbell it actually that, was a doorbell <laughs> it was a doorbell that connected you with your friends <laughs> and the people were dutch <laughs> the founders they're absolutely brilliant i love them to the bits and they <laughs> and every english-speaking country of course um had a very different <laughs> a relationship to that name so eventually they changed the name <laughs> and it was called tap talk but it was about like literally having a virtual doorbell to your friends and it was just three of them and me and they were like why do you want this job and i wrote them a letter and i was like they were like looking for someone like a community manager and i'm like i've built a community of like about 150 people in the company i've never done like a community community role but they're very happy i'm the third person that ever left in four years and i just would like to learn more about it and i want to learn how to build a company one day and how to and i just sold myself and like telling them what i thought about building the community and what my thoughts and what might be the frameworks that we might use and just did my research and I got the job <laughs> and it was absolutely wonderful. I was, I was so empowered and <laughs> like, you know, to come from that, um, to complete a different, different role and like just, you know, start applying and learning so much with them. And they were absolutely brilliant to allow me to learn lots of different things. <laughs> how, how do you learn to make decisions and not think about the opportunity cost because that it sounds like what that's done is free you in a way and allow you to make decisions at pace and, and move through life at, at a rate that other people might find quite quick but in some ways it sounds like at the very root of that is this ability to be able to to kind of not dwell on the opportunity cost and that feels like a bit of so that feels really special. Hmm. Never thought about it. Yeah, thank you. Um, it, it, I think it's our prefrontal cortex, right? We can imagine the worst scenarios. Some people are more prone to them and some people can imagine more of the positive ones. And I've been always a massive optimist around like that. I'm, and I felt, um, that I have an agency around what I'm creating for myself. And, you know, it's probably upbringing potentially, you know, some of the uh, nature stuff from my parents. I think my dad is <laughs> definitely more like that. My mom is definitely the opposite. Uh, 
which provides me a lot of grounding. <laughs> so um, I think like I think it's learned behaviors and then and then and then and, and the nature. And my dad was like, "You can be a diplomat," and I'm like, "Okay, I can be a diplomat." And I went and like like studied it and did it and like got my school paying for my internships, all these things. I just I just felt that I can do things that people can't just because they feel that they should not step out of their little box. And I just felt that the box is not there. Unless there's a really hard stop. But if there is, there's probably a way you can go around the box. Because, you know, there always is. There's no way. And I lived in a, you know, democratic country. And, like, I have, like... And I was a bit different because I'm Czech, but I speak Russian. So I was, like, I had, like, things I need to overcome. But, like, I always felt that I can. And was probably a lot feeling enabled and empowered by my, my family. And being in the safe space to make those choices and potentially make mistakes and you know do things differently so very lucky i think that's what we i mean I, i know so little about your career but have you had anything like the like like massive change in the direction or was it quite more like streamlined i think about opportunity costs as like imagining that there are these there's clouds and there are these ladders that will go up to the clouds and there's loads of these different ladders and you can pick one of the ladders i could pick another ladder and we're going to figure our way up these ladders but when we get to the clouds we we go through them and we realize that like the ladders were all leading in the same direction they were all leading to the same place and i think that's the way that i've i for me at least i've i feel comfortable with the costs and the of the choices that I'm that I'm not making is that I I kind of feel like the destination is this is the is going to be the same no matter if you are the head of people or uh, I, I start off somewhere else like we end up in a place that actually means that we'll learn the same the same values and uh, the same principles but just from different perspectives and then maybe we'll we'll kind of meet in the same place eventually. Yeah, it's a really nice uh, analogy with the clouds and the. Yeah, I think the the probably. Yeah, I think one thing that is really clear between like the career that I wanted to have as a diplomat at the beginning, I did all the model UNs and then I organized them like eight years of my life with all that. I loved it, and it was honestly one of the most fun thing to do. And like I loved it; it was so much fun, and very different from how real diplomacy works, by the way. Um, and. What I loved about it is that you have massive impact on the world's direction and how the world you can impact the world and make something significant not for yourself, but actually for making the world a better place. And then in the end of the day, that's what I'm doing now. So like the reason why I wanted to do that career was just one of you know that was that was is exactly the same why I'm actually doing what I'm doing right now when it comes to running my company. It's interesting thought that the why can be the same, but the practice can be different. Yeah, totally the means getting there yeah that's an interesting thought about the opportunity cost that maybe there's a way that you could kind of hack not having too much or not losing out on too much opportunity cost if for whatever reason what you're working on is like in some way cross-disciplinary and you can use it in different ways yeah i think maybe that is the reason why it makes me always feel comfortable and that's like when whenever there is a learning like a massive learning like that's what makes me keeps me motivated when there's something very repetitive and which actually was a lot of the like people role unless we were growing uh, back then 
it's like that is very repetitive, right? The onboarding people. Once you figure it out, okay, when you grow to 100 people, then you need to change stuff a bit. When you grow to 150, 200, you need to change stuff a bit. But it's it's like it felt like um, the learning curve wasn't steep enough for me to want to stay in that career. While now what head of people do is completely different, and the people team's roles have changed massively. Um, I'm talking about thing that I was doing my eight, ten years, oh, actually ten years ago, so it's, it's a bit different right now, of course. Um, back then, it felt like it. And I think that's the same with anything that I do right now. As long as I'm learning, and I'm learning something that I know it's like I can reapply in different places, um, and I'm finding it valuable, then it doesn't really matter what it is. Do you just have a sense of what you want to learn and whether it will be useful to you? Potentially, it needs to be also aligned with the business objective. Yeah, I guess in a way you are in charge of the business objective, so I'm in control of that too. Partially influenced by market. <laughs> I don't know, I just feel I'm, I'm, I'm in charge. And then if I'm in charge of the goals of the company, I'm in charge of the goals, what we need to learn. And, and when I have people around me that love learning and just growing, and you know being so hungry for it then like it makes the journey very enjoyable no matter what it is in some ways we all have the same expectations of work too in one way or another or in different forms um even if the the practice of them changes what are your expectations from work i think they were very much set by my first job which was a massive freedom i had literally the founders were so they were like, I don't know how to do your job. <laughs> you just need to figure it out. And this is the goal. And like, whatever is the way to figure it out, this is, they had a massive responsibility, which was the, the main reason why we got acquired is because we got so good at hiring people. And this was my job, right? And it was about, and I, you know, in a way, I'm always saying like, I didn't hire them because I enabled other people to recommend other people to be hired. And I created an environment in which people, you know, which definitely supported by the founders, but like I was enabled to do that and just they tell me like you can do whatever as long as you get to these goals and this is the budget that you have like go ahead and I think like that sense of freedom I just always wanted to have in anything that I was doing after that so that sense of agency that you are in charge um, doesn't need to be COO whatever but it's just that is that that I love about it because that means that you can learn that because there are many different ways many different letters to get to that one goal and you just just figure them figure them out and that's what I like and require from the work too. I think now as well. What biases do you hold unconsciously about your work life? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I, how do you know? I think you can, it almost always needs to be identified by someone else, right? Um, I think, oh, deep question. I think work life doesn't really as a thing. So I think you're absolutely right that it's hard to know if it's unconscious. So uh, that's difficult. But maybe if you, if we take the time to think about it, then it might become clearer. I think one thing that is really clear, I think, is that being a founder, you see, I'm the single founder as well is that one thing that I always said, people will always tell me exactly what they think all the, all the time, but there's always going to be, the vast majority of people will have a filter. 
speaking to me, right? No matter like how close relationships I have with them and what they know about me and me know about them. And I think like I kind of always want people to tell me exactly what they think. And it takes, uh, and I know vast majority of the time they probably do, but it, you need to find like different points of view from other people because how they might be thinking about that particular one problem that you might have discussed with them because they might be more facets that maybe they didn't disclose. Maybe there's like a little worry that they wouldn't want to tell you about because they, you know, because I'm the very positive person. We can do it all, but they don't want to discourage me, for example, etc. So, or, so, so they're like things like that, that I think I need more people to kind of work towards particular issues and be able to gather some perspectives from the same people so they can make the decisions or guide me on those as well because I think it, it is it is natural right <laughs> uh, when you're speaking to your boss or even this is not how I feel that I'm someone's boss it is still going to be someone most of the people's um, on that most of the people's minds and that would put some of the filter on something that they think or how they talk about it etc so that's that's something that I kind of I'm aware of but um, but I became aware of after, after like uh, multiple um, experiences, and I didn't know about. I guess in the same way that our minds have to create patterns in order to remember things, our culture has to create patterns in order to remember things. And in in one sense, in your mind, you can completely understand the use case for those patterns. It makes complete sense because you need to remember things, have a character, whatever. But from a cultural point of view, like it's, there are some parts of our culture, I guess, that are in, in, important and have stood the test of time, whether it's like the, the Bible or, or whatever, for good or for bad. And, uh, but yet, and that's perhaps the, the perfect point that you know, that, that bias or that, that story has, has kind of created this pattern throughout history that takes, takes these different directions. Absolutely. And the stories are the thing that motivate people to do stuff or don't, right? So this is how we were able to create an environment in which we can organize much bigger groups and actually create a society and cultures that have uh, you know, a certain uh, set of values and behave in a similar way. And this is the way how we can manipulate big groups or you know, do something good or something potentially quite difficult and catastrophic so yeah so it's oh we're now we're like completely in a different world of but yeah it's the same with the work yeah it's a really interesting way of thinking about how you could choose work because if you are ingrained in a certain pattern or a certain bias then you are inevitably going to follow a certain direction and that direction might be the most fulfilling to you so how can you kind of release yourself from that that bias and want to make the right call I think there's a fascinating thing, which, uh, you know, is massively driven by social economic background, for example, in the UK. But there was a, what was the study? Like, I don't remember the, the name of the study, but they looked at the professions that, like, like children are the most, like, the professionals, which children will follow the most when they're, like, choosing based on their parents' profession. And I think becoming a doctor was, like, the, the one, the top one. And becoming a lawyer, I think, was the second one. Yeah, I think it was like 20, in, in, in like 20% or 25, like really, really high percentage of people that actually follow their parents. I'm not sure like, I might need to find the study to make sure I back it up. But this was like really shocking to me because it really proves that like we do follow the people we see around us, but it's exactly the same 
if you look at, for example, people from different social backgrounds in the UK, they might, you know, the way how we measure it the most accurately right now, it's through the parents' education. And there have been lots of tests that actually have proven that this is the most accurate way. Because if you haven't had anyone, any of your parents or care, caretakers of you, been to the university, you don't understand the concepts. If you're the first one doing it, there's a lot of the things that like people that have been to the university, it was like the main thing that like, of course, I'm going to finish my high school. I keep forgetting how it's called in the UK. You know, the, the thing before university, the school. And I'm going to go there because this is the clear path. But for someone, it is not. And not saying that university will be the path to success, but it for some, it's just the, the way how it goes. And for people that didn't have that experience in their families, it will not be, and it can predict significantly their career choice, their uh, financial um, abilities, or like you know the way how they'll be able to earn money in the future as well. So it is, we do continue in some of those patterns. But I was fascinated by the professions that we have. Maybe it's going to be same for engineers. If your parents are engineers now, that you know your kids will be engineers too. I guess anyone in a way will be to some extent literal in um, in in that area hopefully very soon so yeah so I think I find that very fascinating in my family no one you know was a diplomat uh, but I still wanted to do that I think potentially driven by my dad wanting to be one when he was a kid but couldn't uh, because he's from Soviet Union um, yeah I don't know but we do follow some of the patterns or like at least I can recognize that I did mm. what patterns have you followed other than the obvious that were set by your parents? Mm. Um, I think it was always contrarian towards my mum, and I value her very differently now, and I think she's absolutely brilliant. Uh, but I was really contrarian because she was um, a straight-A student, always, through the whole uh, system she went through to university. But a red diploma, which is in the Soviet times, was like the best grade ever, <laughs> um, like the best students. Um, and I just wasn't like that. I only wanted to learn what I was interested in. <laughs> and my dad really you know, gave me the permission to do that. Um, and so I went, I think I was, I was much closer. Well, I wanted to be like him much more than I wanted to be like my mom. And but I learned a lot from my mom too, probably much more than I thought back then so I followed uh, and my mom said like you need to have a tutor because you're not really good at you know I was a bit dyslexic so like to have like to write properly <laughs> I was like okay I'll do it uh, I hated it but my dad says like you don't need to do it I'll be like dad says I don't need to do it and I can follow you know my own way because you know there's been computers anyway everything is going to correct be corrected after you so I, I kind of liked I, I, and my dad allowed me to find my own path and um and you know whatever is the set part, it was like, it doesn't need to be. And that permission, I think, really enabled me to find myself and explore. Well, my mom kept me at the base so I can actually go to the university and like do some stuff that will allow me also to explore more freely. Well, I think I disagreed with her approach, but a lot of the time it pushed me to the right direction as well. So they both are hugely influential um, in the way how I behaved and what choices I made. I think I gave much more credit to my dad than my mum. It's interesting that you've got a push and a pull there. You've got something that's pushing you away and you've got something that's pulling you towards you. Yeah. I don't think that happens the whole time. Sometimes it's like you get a push from one but the other one's still or but it's, it's, it's kind of both happened at the same time. It's like a, kind of like a double 
launch. Yeah, I think so. I know. I think it created a sense of like kind of the middle ground, isn't it? Because you, you're, I think you need both, or at least I felt I needed both in the end of the day. Now on reflection, I think I felt I needed both of these push and pulls. I don't know, it's complicated, isn't it? But our parents have a massive influence or people that care for us. I think there can also be an element of um, complexity as someone's working life develops because you can, you're so deeply influenced by your parents when you choose what work you do. And sometimes it's very hard to know why so in your circumstance though you could you could be doing the opposite and you could be rejecting it or you know going towards towards your dad but you you may also find that as you come to find the the benefits of of pursuing that you then almost like don't want to outdo your parents in a way it's like you you almost like kind of feel this like this this kind of guilty inhibition like you don't want to push your ambitions too far because maybe it, it would you almost like self-sabotage for your parents sake if you experience that no like very clear no i think i think every time my mom was like oh why don't you finally get a job i was like fuck it <laughs> i'm not gonna get a job but she keeps sending me like job offers i remember like but still like five years ago so like, oh this is a cool company you can work from like no thank you so do you want to do you want to be better than your parents? Yeah, I think every generation wants to be better than their parents, right? And it's not better, it's different. You're finding your own way. Like, I think, like, yeah, I'm coming from a very different background than, you know, I have, um, I'm coming from Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia back then. But a post-communistic country, there's no set standard <laughs> of, like, what it meant. Like, now it is a bit more, but, like, it was... You need to kind of develop a completely new world after the like communism. I won like two, I think, a year before the um, uh, the communism fell uh, in Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia back then. And so it's like everyone was freed, and they needed to figure things out. And so it's this like sense of freedom that also bears a massive responsibility. And I think that is you know also that probably had a massive influence on me because nothing was set. You know, there are like some things like traditional, like lawyers and like doctors, like these professions are of course still relevant. There's like, you can do anything because there's like no communism, which is like really freeing concept for, uh, for, for something like, which is, you know, in the UK it's much more, it's, you never experienced that or like at least some, some part of the society have never experienced that. And it's just, just a continuum that didn't exist in my country. And for, so for me, it was like, oh, everything is possible. You can go to America. You can like, you know, go to, and, which I did, of course. Um, <laughs> I think that was probably a goal for many people in my generation. Um, and, and there was just everything is possible because there's no communism. And that like, I think it's really different from uh, people's experience if they're not coming from that part of the world. Is there like, is there something that you work for that's not the mission of your company, but is greater than you? Yes, I have a son. I have a baby, a uh, baby boy. He's called Loki and he's seven months. So it's, he's not bigger than me physically, but he's 100%. Um, yeah, something completely 
is a human being that I'm responsible for rest of my life um and you know supporting and I mean, whatever choices I make and give in front of him is inherently creating his own world. So now when dinosaurs, that face, <laughs> me <laughs> and my partner love dinosaurs. Will, will our son like them? I have no idea, but you know, be better because everything is dinosaurs. Um, these little things that you do, how, what you expose your children to, it, it has a massive influence on the options because you're the only option that they have, right? They're completely dependent on you. Um, not overthinking it, but it is definitely greater than me experience. And it makes my experience at work much more grounding because there's nothing more important in the world than my son. Even though I love my work, but because I have my son, I can feel very grounded at work. But at the same time, because I'm, I went back to, to work when I was f five weeks when, um, yeah, after five weeks when he was born, I found that very grounding to becoming a mum as well, because I had both things, had both very important things in my in my life that I could do at the same time, and then made kind of diluted them a bit, if that makes sense, because they're so important, um, and which made it much easier to make important choices in both of those, and very grounding experience. So yeah, so that that's one of the, my new ones new learnings when you say grounding is grounding what does grounding mean to you in that context hmm. i guess um i mean hopefully that is the case with children you kind of know you know, if you look at the predicted, predicting the age, <laughs> so they might probably going to live till 100, 120, maybe. Well, I love to. Um, it's like a very long term thing, right? <laughs> With the business, there's so many other things that are influencing the market condition. It's like if you're starting too early. So in a way, this is a long term project. I hope long term, you know, I can't really influence you know, everything, but like as much as I'm having it set in my mind, this is a thing that will be here all the time as long as I live and I'll do maximum for that. But the business might not and you know, it might be my fault, but I'll do absolutely maximum to make it happen and make it really what I want to make it into. But in a way, there's so much more uncertainty. But also, the grounding thing is about, you know, we've known how to raise babies. <laughs> we have about, what, like, it's almost 8 billion billion people on the planet so like it's kind of thing that there's a lot of manual for maybe wrong manuals but you know in the way <laughs> that's a very common thing to becoming a parent but what I do in my company there are thousands of different ways I can do one thing <laughs> and so many more ladders that you can climb on to get to the one place and so many wrong ones they might go completely in a different direction and you might fail the whole company or you know, hire one person that's going to blow it up or make it all happen. So there's just so much more, so many more variables. So having that one thing that is much more stable, which is you know having a family with my partner and having a baby, is made it made it really grounding for me. So that's what it means to me. Is there anything else you want to touch on as we go through? I'm just like curious about one thing, which is like what's the career is going to look like for like vast majority of the people don't want. To probably be founders right so in, in that role like we're always evolving because no matter what's happening you're finding uh, companies in some different areas and new areas and it's always changing 
but it's happening to almost every single role. Like the role of a doctor is very different now than it was before. The role of a teacher is very different, even that's quite traditional professions. But what's going to, you know, how people will be choosing their careers and how much they will be changing their careers and how many careers they will actually have to in their lifetime, which I'm sure you probably think about all the time in court, is that it's really fascinating because that means that as we're evolving, we'll be able to learn. And I think the reason why human beings are still here is because our ability to learn and adapt to new situations. We've seen how everyone adapted within the pandemic. Like, like we just, it was like, literally, you need to do it. There's no other way. And people just adapt. They find ways to make things work. And it's going to be the same with the careers. But I think it's just, we need to start, like, I'm just wondering, like, how you potentially think about, like, helping to people actually explore and give them the understanding, like, what are they good at? What they might be good at when they'll be choosing a completely different career. Lots of people that are right now, for example, learning to code. Um, we had one of our engineers, she's absolutely brilliant engineer. She used to work in hospitality, completely different field. And, and she became this absolute critical, like amazing engineer. But like, how do you get to that path, right? And how do you find out that this is something that you can actually invest your time in learning to build a career on the top of it? And then maybe in five, 10 years, when you know, a lot of the things on the engineering side is automated, you might need to choose something else or evolve. So it's, it's that, um, yeah, I would love to hear a bit more how you think about that and like enabling people to choose um and and, and choose new things that they will be doing rather than being stuck and getting more and more senior in one thing that might not exist when they get to the highest level i feel like there are two parts to it like there's there's one robert green calls it your inclination which is the what you feel inclined to do and it can be really difficult to know what you feel inclined to do sometimes because you might want to spend time focusing on developing your weaknesses but if you do that that's probably something you don't enjoy so you're not listening to your inclination or it might be that you you're just like you want to work really really hard and you're just trained to kind of and naturally a part of our biology is because our work used to happen through our body so we kind of work now we kind of we want to transfer that hardness from our body into our brain but then the things that we find hard in our brain might not actually be the things that we're truly inclined to do so listening to those inclinations it's so hard and i think that if if we can figure out how to do that then then that really helps um i've personally found it so much uh so much easier to be able to navigate my own journey by spending more time on my own and i found since the pandemic being able to listen to my own inclinations when i have less distractions during the day is so much easier as opposed to being able to go into an office where it's i'm kind of being buzzed by those social interactions that don't let me self reflect and find it so i think that's maybe part of it but the i think too many people say go and do that in isolation sit on a cushion and like figure out what you want to do with your life and leave it and um I think this is a problem that Cord doesn't solve. Cord is an amazing, amazing way for someone who already has experience to be able to talk to someone who wants to hire you. But Cord doesn't work if you're someone who wants to start something fresh and you want to try something. You need a completely different product for that. And the, I think the, the big challenge is that I don't think that product exists yet. We need to try out different things. And um, like Multiversal, which tries, tries to do it by allowing apprenticeships and stuff. And that's definitely the direction that we need to head in, like all the way from this kind of education where we have universities and stuff. And then we just make these big decisions and go into jobs we don't love. And they've changed loads since we started studying. And how can we integrate that working life more into our experiments and try stuff 
uh, it's a real challenge. Um, so I think it's like the two things, it's like listening to yourself and then trying it out. But both things are so challenging. I know. And there's also, I think some people have much, some people from more like stable backgrounds or from, from the point where you can experiment, it's so much easier to do that. And some people that are coming from, you know, slightly less privileged backgrounds, they might find that really difficult because you feel that you only have a couple of attempts or maybe one this is your big shot and there's so much more stress around it so i think like that really comes to that like sense of security because if you feel safe you can do and try a lot of the things and that's why i feel really lucky and privileged in the choices that i was able to make um because that has been really important and even in founding the company like um, I'm like, you know, maybe there's not enough women finding companies, which definitely would be amazing to change. A lot of the choices that I made, I made as because of uh, because I had a security, for example, with my partner that like he really believed in me, and you know had to some extent not super massive financial security, but some security, so I could try things and go for it, which a lot of the people don't half and um and i think like i would say probably vast majority of the people like not vast but like a lot of the people in the majority won't have these options so how are we going to create the path in which we can be testing these things out and this probably comes much earlier on in the education which needs to become much more practical in it is and that's another topic i'm really passionate about being a mom right now because <laughs> i'm like whoa <laughs> how do you how do you make sure that you know the children can try the things and like can really explore uh, because that that can be an enjoyable journey but can be also quite a hell hell of a road <laughs> so difficult and it's interesting that you're we say that you need to fail at work and you need to fail quickly but we never really set you up to be able to we, we don't set the expectation that you can fail at work from an early age like you would you would so unlucky to be able to like try the try out things in a in a in a working context in a way that wouldn't be detrimental to like that that would be such an amazing experience if you could just try out that stuff that was really fun like i actually don't think i've ever had such a like free-flowing conversation that's like moved so quickly in so many different areas and it felt really lovely and i just i don't know it just yeah it came at the right time today thank you it was really nice. No, I, I, I felt um, I would be quite nervous to be on the podcast, talking about my career choices, but you made it feel very, fun. you know, just free-flowing fun, interesting. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a great exploration. Great questions as well, yeah. Ben. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Ben. Have a great day. You too. Bye. The Best Work Podcast is produced by the team at Cord. I'd love your advice on how we can make sure the Best Work podcast is having a profound impact on the way we all pursue our best work. Email me at bennettcord.co. You can also find a transcript of this conversation, insightful video content and more at cord.co slash insights. Thanks for listening.